8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. And a a warm welcome and a good evening to you. Let me just say this because you clearly know social media has been flooded with the R.I.P. or rest in peace, Oliver uh, Imtukudzi. And and it's it's ironic that this this great legendary musician uh, passed away today, um, exactly a year ago last year. So 2018, this day, 23rd of January, I interviewed him. I had this in the spotlight feature on the afternoon talk show. A wonderful profile. What a, what a rock star of an interview it was. Okay. Um, people have been asking about it in terms of podcasts. There's some technical issues around that. What we'll do, however, is the deal or the plan is to play that interview tomorrow at uh, nine o'clock, nine to quarter to 10 tomorrow. So look out for that. So yeah, exactly one year ago today is when I spoke to him. Lots to talk about tonight in terms of our big picture feature, which is all about minimum wage and the who's the, the who, what, when, where, why. So almost an, an A to Z of minimum wage. What does it really mean? Um, who impacts, uh, who does it impact on? Uh, who scores, who doesn't score? We will certainly talk about that. But as always, we, we start the show with uh, what we call the big hitter, where we speak to someone of prominence um, who we think can carry an hour of, of discussion and a range of issues with us. And we get them in studio and we get you to engage with them. So 0891-104-207, that's the call-in number. And the person you're going to talk to today when you do just that is uh, Imteto Niati. He's the chief executive at, at Altron, or the Altron Group. He's done many other things. He was the big boss at MTN. He was also the big boss at Microsoft South Africa. Goodness, man. What? What else is on your wish list? Well, I'm just looking at just those three in a row. They're all linked to sort of IT in a way. Yes. Uh, what's on, what, are you, what are you missing from that wish list there? Uh, look, I'm not missing anything uh, from that list. <laughs> <laughs> I think, for example, where I am now uh, is a really, really complex uh, assignment that I've taken. And it's going to be able to take me for the next, I would say, six six years. Because it's not just about the turnaround that we we are doing as a team. Uh, Also, just the growth here in South Africa. But it's also about expansion. Uh, We are busy creating and building a global ICT company. Uh, Today, we currently have operations in Australia and in the UK. And we... For sure, over the next uh, three, four years, we will be in many more other countries uh, here in Africa and also uh, across Europe. Mm. So this is this is what we are building. We are building a global company. That's exciting. And, and when you say global, I, mean, I understand last year in terms of uh, mm-hmm. uh, revenue, what, 14, 14 billion rands? I mean, it's a public listed company, so we're certainly yes. aware of what you do, right? Yes. Uh, how, how much higher do you want to go? <laughs> Can you ever say that you've got enough? You know what we have set for ourselves? We set ourselves a target as a team that uh, over the next five years, uh, we would like to double the size of our business. And we set that target that was two years ago. You know, when I joined the company in March, in March uh, 2017, mm-hmm. uh, where we are now, uh, about 20 months later, we are ahead of where we plan to be at this time. So we're very excited about that. Uh, so we would like to double the size of our business in terms of the number of employees, in terms of profits, in terms of revenue. You know, that's what we have said mm-hmm. ourselves. Now, I was reading some of the notes about you. I mean, you were, you were at MTN, uh, you know, just pre- prior to this, I think for about two years or so, two and a half, yes. thereabouts, okay? Yes. So, 
in in business leadership terms, that's a very short stint, it right? It is. It is. So, mm. wh- what was it that got you to to break the norm when it comes to a business leader mm. and move to another company after just two years or so? Yeah, you see, I mean, if you just look at my at my at my background. Uh, I I I was with uh, with IBM for twelve years. Uh, four of those twelve years, I was in based in Europe and had a responsibility across Europe for the company. And then I was asked by 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 Microsoft to come and fix their company here in South Africa. Uh, came back here. Uh, I worked for Microsoft for six years. You know. So uh, the reason why I'm, I'm mentioning this because. All of these are long-term assignments. Mm-hmm. It's not just you come in for, for one month or for, for, for two years. Then uh, I was approached by, by MTN, and, and they, they, there was a specific assignment that they wanted me to do. They wanted me to build an ICT company, the IT leg of the communications, okay. uh, as, a, as a way of, of it's a new revenue stream for the company. And, and that's where I, I joined them. And uh, six months into that project, uh, the MTN felt, you know what, we've got a bigger problem in MTN South Africa. Can you please go fix MTN South Africa? Okay. So I, I stopped what I was doing, went to South Africa. In fa- you may remember too, there was a strike, which was three years of uh, three three months of strike. So I came in there. I had to fix that uh, together with the team, of course. Uh, we fixed that, uh, and and we we started to, to build the company for the future. And as I was working on that, uh, I got uh, maybe about 18 months into that assignment, uh, I got a call from, from Altron. Uh, initially, I said no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want. I don't want to talk. I mean, I, I normally don't want to give people, you know, an opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm busy with something. I want to finish with with what, with what I've started. Uh, but uh, but they said no. Please come and listen. And and they, when they explained which the company is, uh, I thought about about Altron. You know, where they were. It's a company that was going through mm-hmm. difficult times. Mm-hmm painful period uh, but it's a company that had huge potential uh, and I felt this is a South African company that some, a company that can do so many great things, can contribute positively towards the development of both the country and the continent and when I look at these capabilities I felt, you know what I want to be part of fixing this great so, icon, so, so iconic it, it company. To you. That, that, mean, that's really what attracted me. It was complex, and that's the complexity that appealed to and, me. And you've been there how long now? At, it's at two Oslo. years now. And ha- have you have you fixed it in in your own? <laughs> And it's yeah. time to be honest. <laughs> no, that's very interesting. I mean, look, uh, fixing is a process. Uh, I would say that the first thing is that you need to stop uh, making losses. So we long stopped making losses. Uh, we have been now for the second reporting period. We have delivered profits. Uh, they had when I joined there, they had stopped paying dividends. Now, as a team, we have declared dividend. We have paid dividends. Uh, we have started to acquire companies now we used to be given very very tough terms by the banks uh, in terms of the funding we have renegotiated all of that now we've been given very uh, good terms in line with the healthiness of our business so all in all i would say that we uh, we really have put this company into a great footing we will be able to now 
do what we need to do, which is to take this company into other territories. And, and of course, I always say this, when you win as a company, then South Africa wins. So they, we are in sync on that, right? Precisely. How, w- and why? our people, even our employees are winning because, you know what, we, we, we had a company that was in a, in, in a process of either, you know, if you continue to make losses, you probably have to close. <laughs> you have to shut down the mm. company. But we have now... All of those 8,500 employees uh, being excited about where we're going. At least the future is certain now. And, you know, that's exciting. That's oh, wonderful. Great. We'll find out more about Eltron in a second. Mm. But, but, but here's the last thing, just for the moment, before I take calls as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so what is it about you? You know, what, what is the single most – this sounds like a job interview. What, what is the single most <laughs> important quality you have mm. that has seen you work – for some of the most impressive names in the world, certainly from an IBM point of view, you mentioned, and uh, then, of course, MTN and Microsoft, which is part of a global company. Mm. The fact that you actually could be hired at those companies in, in strategically top, top positions, uh, and there's really no time to be modest. There must be something remarkable about what you have. What, what, is, what is that? So it's a combination of things. It's not just one thing. Uh, my technical, uh, you know, the, the, how I've been trained, I'm an engineer by mm-hmm. training. So as an engineer, uh, we, we, we get trained uh, the ability to solve problems, you know. Uh, it, could be, it could be technical problems. It could be uh, process-related problems. It could be human uh, relationship types of problems. It doesn't matter, you know, your ability to quickly very quickly diagnose and find out what is really the problem, you know, and then get to that and go and address that. Rally people around uh, to address that particular problem. So the, uh, the, firstly is the ability to identify the problem and then pulling together the people because it's, you can identify a problem, but uh, make, uh, really uh, people may not agree with you may not want to do certain things. So the ability to pull together people behind an objective and get those people excited and executing and executing well. And that's a very important leadership or team quality that one needs to have. Now, my guest, uh, my big hitter for the night, uh, Mteto Niati, who's the chief executive at uh, the Altran Group, part of, well, South African company, as I said, global, uh, with global aspirations to become a leading player there. You may want to connect with him. You should engage with him. 089 one one zero four two zero seven oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. You can ask him questions about the company, but also about issues of leadership and and that relationship between business and government and all other things as well. Now, if you wish to tweet us, that's great as well. If you're doing that, first of all, use the hashtag SAFM Viewpoint, and then you can tag me, Ashraf Ganda, tag SAFM Radio. In fact, you can also tag uh, Mteto Niati. You'll pick it up on my timeline uh, when you when you get there immediately. You also have a, a third option, which is to WhatsApp voice note us. If you're doing that, 30 seconds maximum is the length. We're not going to take it if it's longer than that. It's 0614 104 107. 0614 104 Zero nine three eight four zero nine three eight. So you see, like the engineers, we've got processes to try and get you <laughs> to share your viewpoint on air. Let's get your views after this. Hey, Busi, looking for a new place? Girl, I can't even afford the deposit on a one-bedroom house. Try the finance-linked individual subsidy program, FLISP. It's the government's way of helping first-time home buyers earning between three thousand five hundred and one to twenty-two thousand rands a month to reduce their home loans and make them affordable. Any of the big banks or the National Housing Finance Corporation at nhfc.co.za should help you with your application. 
or call 0860-011-011 Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. for more information. Oh, what a lifesaver. The Department of Human Settlements, changing people's lives. At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. More to come as we continue chatting to our big hit Mcheto Niati, the chief executive at the Altran Group. Your thoughts are indeed welcome. Oh eight nine one one oh four two oh seven. Let Let's then touch on on that that team player aspect uh, that you that you refer to. One thing is your own processes um, and being able to sort it out. But you need players in your team. How do you get them? Because it's the it's the question whether we're talking building a soccer team, whether we're talking about building a country, building government. It's the single most important thing, isn't it? Getting everybody to buy into that same vision. How, how do you do that? Yes. Look, first of all, you need to have a point of view as a leader. Yeah. So have a clear view of of where you want to go. You know, and that vision. But uh, you can have that. You need people to be behind you. Uh, so how do you go about doing it? You need to go through a process. That, that's my. View. For example, uh, what we did here in Altron is that uh, we 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 sent out a survey throughout the company, uh, survey all of our 8,500 employees, mm-hmm. and try to figure out, ask from them, so what are the things that we are doing well as a company? You know, who are we? As Altron, you know, what are the things that we should be improving on, you know, and 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 what are the things that leaders, us as leaders, we should be we should be doing or not doing, mm. you know. <laughs> uh, it's interesting when you ask people those questions. Uh, the participation rate out of that was about seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent of our people gave us feedback, and they the feedback that we got it was both good and bad, you know. For example, on the in the issue of diversity, and uh, they felt that you know what, uh, yes, at middle management level, all the way down, you know, we can see that there's clear diversity, but hey, at the top, you know, we only see white people there, you know, uh, so so that is one of the things that you need to change, you know. Uh, the other mm-hmm. thing is, you guys, uh, we are operating very much as silos. We are operating as ten operating companies that are, you know, not working together as one team. We need to operate as one company, you know. So we got something like that. We also got on the positive side that we are an ethical company, you know, we, and the people were so proud to be working for this ethical company. So that is very important. You you now put pull all of that information and say, how do I then use this thing to formulate mm. the the values for this company and, going and, and forward? And I think what's mm. interesting about that is mm. the fact that it's it's mm. it's free market research. People yes. are, are willing to share it. But yes. I mean, do you agree? Many companies feel it's it's below them to be able to solicit serious consultative input from from the employees and therefore they don't do so at their own peril? In fact, they go, people, they go overseas to get experts <laughs> overseas. They go uh, external to go to, go to consultants. But the best consultants, the best people that you can have is your own people because these are the people that are dealing with customers every day. They understand what the issues are. So what we did is to get those insights from our people, put them together, and then we came up with a set of values and when we go back to them, what is interesting is that these things are not now foreign to them. Hey, this, this is exactly wow. the things that we said we wanted. We wanted to make sure that there is diversity and inclusion in this company. Here is leadership coming back with exactly that. 
We said we needed to have more collaboration here. We said we wanted to make sure that there is fun in this company, not just work, work. We combine both work and fun, you know. When they pull, it becomes so easy for people to buy in because it's reflecting back their well, own absolutely. thoughts. Absolutely, I think that's really so important. Well, there are some very important points. In fact, there's a couple of voice notes that, I, that I'm going to play as well. And if you wish to voice note us, uh, it is via WhatsApp. It's 0614 just one point about that. That's the part I can't engage you, okay, because it's just your thoughts. If you wish to engage with the guest directly, then you need to call into 0891-104-207. So here's a voice note. Uh, good good day, Alton, and your guest. Uh, my brother, congrats, man. Congrats to the successes that you have uh, achieved along the way through hard work and determination. Uh, I just hope uh, our uh, president is listening to SAFM in Davos. Maybe he might uh, include you in this uh, tax team to turn around ESCOM. Because um, I, I think that you're a specialist in turning around uh, uh, companies which are operating under laws. Thank you. All right, there we are. Ashcom's waiting for you. Here's another one. Oh, my question is simple. Good evening there, Ashraf, and to your guest. My question is really short and simple. Uh, in a country like ours, that is plagued by corruption, left, right, and center. I mean, we're hearing about corruption even by government officials and people in very high places, in high positions. Uh, what advice would you give to our president as to how to deal with this corruption problem, which is giving our country such a bad image? Okay, that there you are. In fact, let, let's let's pick up on that corruption part. It's not even what advice would you give to our president. It's it's what ad- advice would you give to your own board when they need to be competitive and build profits, as as uh, Basasa would want to do, and many others. And and you need to find creative ways to to manage to stay afloat. So, what advice would you give them if someone says, "Hold it, we need to we need to um, we need to sweeten something for someone because that's the only way we're going to get our business." <laughs> the good thing is that uh, I would never get uh, a request like that coming from my board that we need to be sweetening certain things. You know, uh, we've got a board that is uh, very very first independent. It's a board composed of ethical people. So, and that's very important. You can start to see what uh, our president is doing, making sure that they are pointing the right quality of people, the right kind of leaders to be sitting on those boards because they, they provide the direction. They set the tone for the company. You know, and if you look at what is happening already now in ESCOM, mm-hmm. you know, the new board, they have set the right tone. Now, when it comes to appointing the, 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 the CEO and the CFO and everybody else, it's reflecting the values of this new board, you know, the, the, the people that they had before, they were also reflecting the values of that board. Those values may not be they have been the right values. Uh, they may have included corruption, you know, so it's very, very important who you select as part of your mm-hmm. board. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is that uh, it needs to be clear within the company itself what is acceptable or not acceptable. And like anywhere in the world, you know, even in our company, we've got people that uh, that are open to corruption, that, that may want to, to, to do things in the wrong way. The question is, what is it that you do when you find that they've done that? Are you setting the right uh, tone? Are you, are you taking the right action? You know, we fire them. 
we fire them within Altron. And we also communicate broadly without necessarily mentioning that so-and-so, saying that, you know, there was a person who did this and this and that. We send it out, you know, because we need to start to communicate these things yeah, so that people can understand what is acceptable in the company or not. You know, one of the, our first value is openness, honesty, and integrity. And that's very important. But what it needs to translate, that it cannot remain as something that is somewhere on the wall there. Mm-hmm. It needs to be something that well, we act well, on I mean, it it's, every it's day. It's good you say so. Mm-hmm. And this may not be necessarily about you, but, but what do you mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. To, to the many people who would call in on shows like this mm-hmm. and say, if you want to get ahead in business, at some stage you're going to have to do some sweetening deals. You have to do it. It's like, if you can't, you will not be in business. So, there's, there's a school of thought that across the board, we may be talking about Posaza today and we talk about the Guptas last week, uh, but it's, it's the modus operandi of every big business if they want to get big tenders, but not just government tenders, even, even deals between smaller companies. If they need to get uh, the buyer to, to buy their goods, they're going to have to sweeten it. What, what do you say when people say, that's normal, that's, that's what happens 24-7? Look, you can do that. Uh, the issue with that is that you end up with a situation like where Busasa and many other companies are at uh, at this moment in time. Uh, I've worked with big companies, you know, and those big companies like Microsoft, you know, is one of the biggest companies in the world, IBM. They are very strict when it comes to these kind of things, you know. They make sure that there are certain rules. You know, if you, if, if you do not comply with this, you are out of the company. If a leader, no matter how successful you are, if they find out that you have done X, Y, Z, you are out, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that is the route. If you, want, if you want to build a company that ends up being there for years and years, we're talking about an IBM that is about 107-year-old company, you know. A Microsoft that is over mm-hmm. 40 years old company. Uh, we're talking about Altron that is 53 years, you know. And, and this, at the core of all of that is ethics, you know. It's very much, okay. you need to, if you want to survive and survive in the long term, you have to underpin your company with okay. very, very but, strong But a quick thought, do you agree that it's widespread anyway? In spite of the fact that you're not in doing that, is it, is it not widespread? Corrupt deals? Well, it's 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 easy way of doing things. So it's, it's shortcuts. Yes, it's very difficult for companies that do things in the right way. You know, uh, it's it's difficult because the playing fields mm-hmm. are not are, are, are not level. It is widespread, but as society, we need to act on it. You know, it cannot just be. You know, we as consumers, everybody sitting there and watching. We need to root out this thing because it's not helping. It's okay. not helping us what, to grow what the country. Sh- what should we do? I mean, we, we, we're facing a problem, uh, and it's not just about the two companies that I've mentioned, the two business people that I mentioned. Uh, you know, there are political parties, question marks against them, individuals. It, it, it suggests that the issues of corruption is so rampant in our society, and it's, and it, and it's come at a massive cost to service delivery for the whole country. So, so wh- I, I, what's I'm the just, solution I'm, to it? I'm just going to use uh, uh, you know, an example like in, within what we're mm. using in mm. our company. Some people are afraid 
to to come up and and report certain things so we create a safe environment for them to go and and share the information you know they've got a a, a line that they, we call it a, a tip off line and they can call to this line and and they and and information can be taken out of that when we do proper investigations so people that know certain things find out you know become a whistleblower and 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 go and communicate to somebody mm. you know but how do you change a culture because mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's true but I, I would hear this i would hear people say if you're going to to nigeria you're going to have to understand you're going to have to do deals in a certain way i now you probably would have a dealings with nigeria with mtn on the other hand other people say if you if you go to india accept the same thing i'm not saying it's true yeah how do you let's assume it is true how, how do you change not so much by jailing people, but by changing the culture so it doesn't even happen no matter what. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, I, I think to think <laughs> that, uh, that we, we are a, we, a society, we've got all sorts of people. Uh, to think that we will all of a sudden not have those people, I think it's a, it's a bit, uh, you know, we are wishing for, for something that is, will never be there. We should assume that we'll continue to have certain people, but we need to create conditions to make sure that people who have got these tendencies may find it difficult for them to do, to do that. We also need to make sure that the leaders, the leaders that we appoint, you know, not just only the CEOs, the leaders right across the board, at least they tick the ethics piece, you know. I will not steal or something along that line. Absolutely. Yes. Very important stuff. 0891 104 uh, Niati is with me, rather, the chief executive at uh, the Altron Group. Let's just get back to, to Altron in terms of what, what is it you do as, as a company. Now, it's, it's a name. I understand there was a, there was a major repositioning of the company about yes. a year back or so. So maybe, maybe three, four things that the company does. Okay. Uh, we are now purely an ICT company. And, and, and some people uh, ask you, 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 when you're looking at your company, say, you need to sometimes ask yourself the question, if you were not there tomorrow, mm-hmm. what is it that people are going to miss? What will society miss if you are not there tomorrow? Uh, if you look at a company like ours, if we were not there, suddenly tomorrow there is no Ultron. First, we are the backbone of the private healthcare system of this country. If you go to any doctor, the system that that doctor is using to capture information, to send your information to the medical aid, mm, mm, to, mm. To, uh, to pharmacies, all of that communication and ICT infrastructure that is in local developed uh, intellectual property mm, mm, of mm. South Africa, mm? developed here. You know? That's what we do. So we enable the healthcare system of this country. So in the private so one of the things that we have chosen to do now is say, you know, we need to do more than that. You know, there is public health care. In yeah, fact, absolutely. the, 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 the area yeah. where we need uh, expertise like we have in, in Altron is in the, in the public. So how can we help our clinics? You know, so now we're coming up with IP, with technologies to start to address that, you know, the pub- so, but very much strong in, in the, in, in the health space. We're also strong in the safety and security when it comes to things like fraud, uh, detecting fraud, you know, things like uh, vehicle tracking and the NetStar is one of our, uh, one of our companies. Uh, we, 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 we do a lot of stuff around that. Uh, it, uh, and also looking at things like if you want to outsource your your IT, you, you know, 
my mm, IT, mm, mm, I, I don't have the expertise, I don't have the skills in, the, in, in my company. Who can take over my IT to make sure that my IT is running all the time? We provide services like that. So, so very, very broad end-to-end services. We're in the healthcare space, we're in the fintech, you know, financial services space. We enable all micro-lenders in this country, the professional micro-lenders were enabled that business to comply uh, with the National Credit Act. And in general by providing the IT support that the, allows the it to IT do systems that. so that they can, prov- they can do what we call the responsible lending. You know, if you, ch- if you do not qualify for a loan, they should not be giving you a loan. You know, because otherwise, that is mm. irresponsible lending. Mm. We give them the tools to be able to make those calls. Okay. Mm. What, what about you? You, you mentioned uh, Net, NetStar, which is interesting. Okay. So now, yeah. now we know. Just shows any other brands that you know? Because sometimes the public will not be aware. The Auckland Group is a broad group, but in terms yeah. of brands, okay. the company, in, term, in, the in terms of brands, there's NetStar, there's Bytes. You know, many people would know of Bytes Technologies, mm-hmm. uh, and many people would know of uh, the old, uh, which used to be called Altec, but mm. We've gotten rid of the Altec name now, you know. So, so th- those are the key in major major brands with, within the Altron stable. Okay, mm. let's get let's get a call. Uh, Dintra on the line from uh, Tabancho. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Ashraf. Evening. Good talking to you. Uh, good, good. I just want to find out from your your guests. I'm listening to the wealth of skills and whatever you ha- he has. But what I want to, to, to know, what I'm interested in, the transfer of that wealth of skills and knowledge for the future of the country, that his training programs, can we also, he tells us about the training that he transferred the skills to the younger ones. Thank okay, you. very, very important issue around skills transfer. Thanks for that call, Dintre, right? Respond. You know, uh, we, as I was saying, we've got about 8,500 employees across, uh, across the Ultron group. Uh, we, d- we do not really have uh, hard products that we sell. What we sell, we sell those people, their expertise, to go do things in terms of our customers. So if we do not keep them trained and up to date with regards to the latest things, we are going to be irrelevant. So it is for us, uh, training is at the core. You know, when you look at the four, there are four things that define uh, our strategies. Growth is about profitability, it's about customer service, and the fourth one is what we call employee excellence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And under employee excellence, we're looking at how do we um, develop our own employees? How do we create an environment whereby people excited to wake up in the morning to come and work you know how to make sure that there's fun within uh, in, within the work within that we also uh, come up now is a new thing where we've got succession plans the Very important, we did yeah. not have that before we've created succession we've identified roles that are critical critical skills within the company and made sure that we're training people that can take over from those if they, they move forward. You know, we are rotating people uh, within the company. We have created what is called a dual career path. Not everybody can be a manager, you know. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the way things were in the past, the, on, the only way for you to go up is to become a manager, but you now end up appointing people who should never have been managers. The, the issue is 
you're creating a problem for the people reporting to that person, you know, because he's not supposed or she's not well, supposed to have been a manager. Yeah. So people now within their professions, they can continue to go as uh, up all the way up within their profession. If you are in sales, you can go all the way up in sales. In technical, all the way up, you know. But no, training is key. T- tell us about your, your relationship uh, in terms of this, this broad term called inter, Internet of Things uh, with, with Huawei and, and that partnership, because I think it's very interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we're living in a world now where, where you know, we, we talk about the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, as Altron, Netstar, Netstar is actually a company that is based on the Internet of Things. You know, you've got a, a vehicle that is out there that is communicating back to the center Absolutely. all the time. You know, that enablement, that whole technology is Internet of Things. So we already have that technology in South Africa. But we've also felt that we had some missing pieces because we want to contribute towards the safety and, sa- and, and security of our cities. Safe cities is one of the areas of focus for our company. And we felt that in order for us to provide end-to-end solutions to city of Johannesburg, city of Cape mm-hmm. Town, uh, we need to find partners that can complement what we already have. And one of those companies is who are we? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in terms of creating these the safer cities, you mm-hmm. see, when you say safe, we immediately think, is he talking about crime and maybe understandably yes, yes, so? How are you using what you have I'm to create a safer city? In a I'm, safer I'm talking about crime. You know, I'm talking about crime. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the ability to, you know, for those cameras that are out there. The problem right now, we've got all of these cameras in, in the cities tracking things, but. The, in the, the human beings that are monitoring these things mm. cannot pick up, they cannot be tracking each and every image all the time. You need sophisticated technologies that are able to pick up trends. That are, can see that that person, when he, you know, that person, the way he's walking, the way he's doing certain things, it, it, ra- it raises a red flag, you mm. know. Mm. That's where technology comes in and starts to be able to not just have the, the, you know, all of this equipment, but equipment that are providing a useful service. And could you apply the, the same city? to, to mm. houses as well? I mean, there's a big concern around, uh, around you know, house break-ins and things. Exactly the same, the, the, the same process, you know. Uh, for, uh, I'm, going, I'm going to use another example. Mm. Uh, if, if you look at uh, my old company, uh, uh, MTN, mm. you know, in those stores, you, you, you find that they've got inventory, they've got stock there of phones, you know. Each one of those phones maybe is like 15,000 rand each. Mm. So if, if you're a criminal, you know, it's like, you know, if, if I can go and you, you'll be able to get away with so much there. So we've come up with ways and means of protecting things like that we've got uh, come up with ways and means of protecting the schools you know now the schools they put on these smart boards so that they can you know the, the teachers can can be able to you know to teach people using using digital technology the the problem in our country you put that uh, after two weeks uh, the smart board has disappeared as, as we know it's happened yeah, yeah. People, uh, people have stolen it so we've come up with ways we've partnered with Gauteng Department of Education to monitor and track those and if people uh, end up taking them we'll be able to go you know there are those those devices 
able to communicate back to us, telling us where they are. Okay, they were. In fact, we'll chat to Buti Manamela tomorrow, uh, for, of course, from the Department of Higher Education about some things, and maybe mm-hmm. the issue of technology in that will certainly come up as well. Mm-hmm. More to come from our, our fascinating bigot, because he's got a range of thoughts and a range of issues, and I'm talking about uh, Mteto Niati, the chief executive at the Altron Group. Uh, I'll pick out some of your uh, voice notes as well, if you wish to engage by WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Otherwise, as always, 0891-104-207. Um, there's a couple of from your staff tweeting and I'll get to that in a moment. Safari Live invites you aboard the world's biggest and most interactive game drive this Sunday evening on SABC3. Join us live as we track your favourite lion, leopard and hyena characters in the Western Kruger and Kenya's Masai Mara. It's live and interactive and you can talk to the guides in real time using the hashtag Safari Live on Twitter. We'll see you this Sunday at 6.30pm on SABC3. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10pm on SAFM. Well, somebody called Phonic or Phonic Mike says, I'm a future is exciting, proud to be part of this great group. So somewhere along the line, uh, he's with the Altron group as well. And let me, let me pick out, in fact, let me get another call. Mr. Mr. Malumbo wants to uh, engage us on this. So let, let's get to your thoughts, Mr. Malumbo. Hi. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Where have you been? A couple of weeks, oh. I've made a note. Oh, okay. I, I sort of know who does call and who doesn't call, and you haven't. So you've been Mark absent thanks to technology. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been around. I've been giving other people's chance to call. Eh? All right, good. Go ahead. Okay, thank you very much. This is a um, very good technology which is coming with, I mean, with your guest in there. But now we want a straight answer. The people in the university... They are struggling to get books. Education is high. I mean, the charges. Uh, no, a normal person cannot afford to pay the fees because if the fees goes beyond 60 or 100,000 per annum, so when are they planning to introduce digital learning in university? Because they can see there's a problem already. already. There's a problem of books. There's a problem of, I mean, of professors. There's a problem of, of, I mean, of everything at the higher university. When have they done that? Or probably are they lacking the technology well, to implement okay. it? Good, good question. But um, that's precisely the point I'm going to bring up tomorrow when I chat to Buti Manamela. I'm just making that point because I think it goes directly to him. But, but you have any input? Thanks for that call, uh, Mr. Malambo. Any input from your side in terms of digitalization uh, our, at, at uh, tertiary level? Our, our observation is that... Uh, uh, the various institutions, they are at different levels of, of digitizing their, their, their environments. Uh, we've got some, some number of universities that, to them, this is just business as usual already. Mm. You know, the students coming in there, there's Wi-Fi, they're, they're using tablets, you know, that's normal. But you've got some of the, some of the, uh, the universities uh, that, uh, that unfortunately, you know, our, our black uni- old black universities are, that are still struggling. And, and, and to me, that is not a, it, it is more of a decision by our Department of Education to fix things. They need to make certain mm-hmm. decisions. We need to allocate more resources into that. You know, 20, 
three years after democracy, we're still having a situation like that, you know, and we cannot be blaming apartheid. We need to be blaming the choices that we have been making, you know, or not making. Uh, so, so we have a situation where it is being done, which means it's possible. We need to find a way of mm. making sure that it's done right across. But I also like to say that most of the time we always think that this is a solution to many of our problems, uh, you know, technology. Mm. I like to say it is actually not, you know. Uh, we need to start with the basics. You know, I come from a rural area. Uh, I come from Amtata in Tabase. Uh, when, I, when I grew up, there was no internet in the schools that I had, Absolutely. you know. Mm. And, and But what made the big difference in, in, in all of that was the teacher, the, the, no, sorry, the quality of the principal. The first thing that we need to be looking at is the principal. Well, that goes back to the leader, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the principal. Then the principal will end up pulling and bringing the right kind of teachers, you know. Even without an internet, if you just have those two things first, without tablets, without anything, you'll start to see the results. But here's the thought, mm -hmm. if I can ask you this, so to borrow a, a sporting phrase, and it's mm -hmm. interesting you talk about the principle. Mm -hmm. If we were talking sport, and people listening to me will know this, mm -hmm. that if their favorite sports team, be it soccer, cricket, rugby, whatever, is not performing, besides the players being changed on the day in terms of being subbed, the, the people coach. are calling for the coach to be sacked, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Why... And the reasons are obvious. Why are we not applying the same principle of a very low threshold for, for leaders in leadership positions like school principals who underperform to be sacked? That's what I don't understand. That's what I don't understand. If you look today, look at the results. You know, go to the metric results. You know, mm -hmm. look at there's a direct correlation with the quality of your school principal and the results of the school. Direct correlation. Mm -hmm. The same thing with the hospitals, you know. Who is leading that hospital and the quality of the of the health outcomes of that hospital? And so it's it's really a simple thing, you know. And the good thing, instead of looking at it as a problem, as a massive problem, you reduce it into how many schools do I have in the country? All I need to do is to make sure that in each and every one of those schools, and we're talking probably about three hundred thousand at most, I have a good principal. You it's, just do that thing alone. It yeah. will change is, the education is that, outcomes. Is that what culture for... And, and, and I say this being part of a, of, a, of a movement called Champion South Africa, where our goal is to turn this country into a champion nation. So I'm all for, yes. for being champion-like. But, but is our culture setting the bar too low? That means have we come to accept that as long as you just do your job, it's okay. And that has become our norm. Mm. Yeah, I think that is the situation. But we can change that, you know. <laughs> That's the good thing about, uh, if you look at the, at the performance of, of many of the companies that I've been to, you know, just by changing a leader, you can make that company to go in the wrong direction or in the right direction, you know. So, so it, it, the people respond to leaders. You know, the people, if, mm, if, if the mm. leader is expecting the lowest possible thing, that's how people are going to, the same people under a good leader, average people can become great, great employees. You know, under a poor leader, great employees can end, end up being average. You know, mm. that's how, how, how do we change are. that? Mm. If, if that culture exists of, you know, poor leadership with, with poor thresholds, and, and I think our results 
by and large, as a country, sadly proves that that's, that's our position at the moment, right? Mm. Uh, and we want to change it. You want to change it. I want to change it. How? W- besides just making the appointment of the right people, and if we don't have enough of the right people, how do we change this? <laughs> how, how do we speak to 50 or 60 million people in saying, we're not going to accept this level of output any longer as of tomorrow? Mm. In the same way that we said, you know, we're not going to accept apartheid any longer. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think, I think it's those 50 million people who need to be making voices, their voices heard and, and demanding the best out of the, their elected leaders. You know, we, we've got a government. What is the purpose of government? The purpose of government is to do these things on our behalf. You know, mm-hmm. that's why we're paying taxes. The question is, instead of us continuously bowing on them and giving them all of this huge unend respect, we need to be holding them accountable. You know, are we holding them accountable? Or when, when we see them, we don't tell them the truth, you know? Now, as the leaders of, of business, when we sit with government, uh, it may be difficult, but we tell them the honest feedback, give them honest feedback about how things are going. This is what we need to be doing with each other at all levels, you know? It should not just be us mm. as leaders, you know? You, you know. Do, do you think we're holding leaders to account? No, uh, we don't. Especially government, are we no, by and large? we're not holding anybody. Why, I mean, why do you think we've got to that position? It's, it's, it's the culture of, uh, you know, we're coming from, uh, uh, I guess, uh, the huge element of, of the, in terms of the African culture, with huge amount of respect. Even in the Afrikaner culture, there's that, that huge element of respect, people who o- are over-respecting in the Yeah, over-respecting people who are in the positions of, uh, of authority. And, 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 and I'm not saying we shouldn't respect people, but at the same time, we should engage them. We should know, you know, these are people who are representing us, you know. <laughs> they are there for to serve us. It's not it's not the other way around. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think we should be chatting to Bonang Mohale um, on Monday. Of course, he's the CEO of Business Leadership South Africa regarding his book on, on leadership. We'll talk to him about things then, right? Yes. But, but for, for now, what do you feel, you know, a, about the general relationship between business, I'm talking big business like yeah. yours, mm-hmm. and, and government, and how much, how much more needs to be done in terms of that relationship? Look, I'm quite encouraged uh, with where we are now. Uh, about uh, maybe four or five months ago, uh, we were invited by government to engage with them. Uh, we met at the union buildings. There were about 66 of us CEOs coming from different sectors. Uh, to cut the long story short, we agreed in that meeting that each one of the, I think about 15 different sectors in this country, we should come up with a five-year business plan, uh, a plan which says, how do we grow this economy? The actual sectors now? Yeah, yeah. each one. Okay. So I'm leading the ICT sector, and we have come up with a few things which we believe we should be doing as a sector to contribute towards that growth. Uh, we also have come up with, uh, with a list of few things to say, you know, Mr. Uh, with government, you need to do X, Y, Z. We will do this piece. We also would like you to do X, Y, Z, you know. And we have been working on this thing. We will be presenting to the president when he comes back on Monday. Okay. We'll be presenting this. We were presented to his, all of his DGs last Friday all of the director generals, and they signed up to it. We were excited about that. We're presenting to him now on Monday. And that, that is, we need to continue to and have this level of engagement. And, and that would be on behalf uh, of who? When you say we, we we, we as all of us as business, okay. it's business engaging government, 
you know. Well, there we are. I, I like what I hear, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jack from Alberton saying, love your guest, Ashrafi, is so spot on. Fleming apartheid has reached its sell-by date. Mm-hmm. Uh, same average, Chiefs players are shining and the new leadership. There you are, the soccer example, uh, invigorating discussion. Great that you listened to the show, Jack. And the last time you messaged me when I hosted the morning show was about your children going to school. So hopefully you've got them tuned in as well. Whatever their age may be, there's some vital and important homework they can learn from just uh, listening uh, to this. Firing only is only ever and will never deter corrupt elements. They must be jailed and pay back the money with abnormal profit from Willie and Christiana. Uh, good evening. It's about Prasa. CEO stole 1.5 million rands, gets bail of 2,000 rand. It's a shame. And the train service average got even bad to worse in the North Coast. Case it and now we will lose our jobs going too late. Every day comes from Nelson. And there's a couple more. I repeat, uh, expropriation of land. Uh, okay, we're not clear what that means. We'll try and get to that just now. Amazingly, about seven, eight minutes to go with my guest, uh, Mpeto Niati, is uh, the chief executive at the Altron Group and done many other things before that, Microsoft, IBM, uh, amongst uh, others, and MTN as well. So very much a man in the in the ICT space. Here's one, Konsi saying, Konsi, um, uh, maybe Ashraf, we start by not accepting Bafana Bafana performances. Well, I mean, it, it could well be a symbol of greater problems in our country. We need to consider that, right? Quick thought then in terms of education, not so much about, you know, the ICT enablement, but considering you very much um, a an embracer of the Internet of Things and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, does there need to be a change in terms of how we teach? And, and at which grade are we talking about here? Look, we need to, to change how we teach. Uh, we have a, a generation that has got a very, very short attention span. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if we continue to be teaching the old, same old ways, boring ways, they're not going to be engaged. They're not going to be uh, excited about the whole thing. So we need to, I, I believe, technology does bring this, that level of excitement, you know. Uh, we need to also allow them to do things instead of one way being the teacher doing things they need to contribute towards the learning you know uh, as, they, as, learners, as themselves. learners themselves they need to co-create certain things so for learner the, replace employee i mean that's the point yes, you made earlier on exactly right? yeah. we, we need we need to allow them and to do that you know uh, so so that's the first that's the really for me that is what is required you know let's make sure that we make learning exciting at the same time, our big challenge that we're facing in this country is the skills of our teachers. Mm. They are not at the level as which they should be. So one option is to bring people from other countries to come and help, especially in the science and uh, in math and science space. That's one. But we've got a huge unemployment problem here. So, so maybe that's not in the, in the, you know, mm. the preferred route. The other route is to use technology to give these teachers the ability to learn in safe environments at home. Using technology, being able to to learn and be taught by artificial intelligence, by robots, by things that help, help them to pick up their skills in a very, very safe environment. Because right now, yeah. Well, we've got about three minutes to go. There's a couple of points. Mariam Singh Ashraf uh, and the guest just tuned in now. We need to practice justice before loyalty with anyone, even leaders. There you are. You, I mean, you, you've, you've touched on the idea of, of leadership, but you have a particular interest in value-based leadership. Yes. Is there anything you want to add to that? We've got about three minutes. I want to get to a couple of things quickly. Mm. 
No, the key is uh, if, if you look at the reason why uh, employees leave companies, you know, really the, the top four reasons. One, the top reason, they're running away from their managers. Mm-hmm. That's the first mm-hmm. reason. Second reason is, is linked to, you know, the, their career, the career growth within the company. The third reason is money. Uh, and, and, and then the fourth reason, mm, uh, sorry, I've forgotten the fourth okay, one. Okay, well, yeah. if you get it, you can tweet us later on, of yeah. course. And my guest mm. is on Twitter, so you can certainly follow him as well. Mm. Interesting you gave the example of importing teachers and then said, well, we have problems at home. Mm. Uh, because one of the issues I know you have a strong view on is globalization versus nationalism, right? Mm. Uh, explain what do you mean by that and, and how you play that out. Look, my observations right now, um, my observation is that when I look at what is happening in, uh, in, in the U.S., what is happening in, uh, with, with Brexit in, in mm-hmm. the U.K. And, and a number of countries in, in, in mainland uh, Europe, uh, what is happening just happened in Brazil, I am starting to see nationalism creeping in. And, and, and I think that is dangerous. You know, We are living in a world that is connected. Uh, globalization it's not perfect, but glob- through globalization, we've been able to lift the standard of living right across the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been able to to help look at India, look at where we are in South Africa. We we are, we, we are not where we should be, but had, had globalization not been there, had companies like Microsoft, IBM, Amazon not been here, where where, where would we be? You know, so we need we need to continue to promote. Globalization. We agree? need to promote. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me let me just finish this point. Let us let us promote capitalism with a social conscience. Okay. You know, a huge element of social conscience. Make sure that the things that we do, we are addressing the social problems of the country. Well, very, well, very important. Do you think, therefore, mm. that besides even a Donald Trump in the USA, mm. that even South Africa, some of the pronouncements by, by political leadership is almost becoming very exclusionist? That is so dangerous. When I look and listen uh, and, and, and I feel like, where are these people coming from? Don't they get what our constitution say? When our constitution says South Africa belongs to all who lives in it, what do they think it means? When in the same breath they're saying that whites should do this, should not do this, uh, Indians should not maybe toss us. No, you know we need to understand what our constitution means. It means that we need to be creating mm. an inclusive, an inclusive uh, country. You know, and that is what we should be driving. And and it worries me the tendencies that are coming up now. It may look uh, popular uh, in the short term mm-hmm. that are very very dangerous for the future of this country. Well, this is right. why we would I would like to start to see our president being much more vocal and taking a position around creating a South Africa that belongs to all well, who live in Now he's coming it. back from Davos and of course you've got the State of the Nation address coming up pretty soon I think next week Thursday in fact we're going to we're on to news but in 30 seconds what for you is the single biggest issue South Africa must get right to move us a peg from where we are of this, this accepting mediocrity to, to this champion nation that I talk about I think really they are you're asking one. I'll say there are two things: uh, it's, it's leadership, leadership at all levels. You know, we need to make sure that we've got the right people. Leadership matters. Period. Leadership matters. You know, so that's the first thing that we need to. Then, as us as citizens, 
we need to hold those leaders accountable. It's a combination. It's a symbiotic relationship. If we have that, we will see that to see a country moving forward. Everything else will fall into place. Yeah. That's where you're going to leave it. Leadership matters, and then hold those leaders to account once you get them there. Fascinating chatting to Imjetu uh, Niati. We'll have a podcast off of this tomorrow morning. He's the chief executive of the Altron Group. Feel free to tweet, by the way. I know you're on Twitter, so other things that you may want to engage us with, things, things you've remembered or just want to amplify, feel free to do that. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Thank you for coming and appreciate Thank your you. time. And we certainly want to get him in again, I think, on some other time. We're going to talk minimum wage, ironically. Uh, let's get the news just one minute past nine.